Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. Things that are beyond our control. You may call them uncontrollable variables in your life. No matter what you do, these are the variables that are beyond our human power. For example, Matthew came to Florida. We knew it was coming, but it's an uncontrollable factor. What can we do? We can prepare against it, but nobody can stop Hurricane Matthew. Earthquake may come in Southern California. It may be predicted. We may prepare for it or against it. But there is very little we can do to control that earthquake that will come. These are called uncontrollable variables. But there are some variables that are controllable. These are the areas we can control. You and I have power over it. We are here at this morning at 9.30 for morning worship. We decided to be here. It's under our control. It's a controllable factor. You can get a job of your choice. It's a controllable variable. You can choose to make some friends of your choice. That's, again, a controllable factor. So there are some uncontrollable things in life, but at the same time, there are controllable things that we should be all careful about. Environment that we are placed in. There's very little we can do. As I prayed, we are living in difficult days. What can you do? We struggle with homosexuality. We struggle with gender identities. We struggle with bathroom issues. We'll continue to struggle with more issues. But that's the part of environment that we are living in. Yes, we can protest against it. We try to do something to amend these, but there's a little effect beyond our control. Environment, each time, will test our faith. Some uncontrollable factor will happen in your life that will test your faith. Some controllable factor comes to your life and that will also test your faith as well. But perhaps it is wise to control ourselves how to react properly to changing world rather than try to change the world itself. It is impossible to change the uncontrollables. So why worry or spend so much time concerning about this while we can do something about with our controllable factors? It is so much easier to know and, and act how to, control, how to react against a changing environment rather than we try to change the world. There are many faithful men and women in the Bible. In particular, three men are mentioned in the Bible. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 14, God through Ezekiel mentioned gave us three names who were particularly 
faithful in God. The first name is Noah. Noah. He was in a very wicked environment. The whole world turned against God. The whole world turned into homosexual life. And against all these environments in this background, God called Noah to build an ark. For that, 120 years. But he did build the ark. Because that was something he could do. He was told to do. Despite all the adverse circumstances he was placed in, he continued to build the ark for 120 years. Second person's mention is Job. He was under tremendous stress, difficulties. He lost his wife. He lost his children. He lost everything in life. Despite all the circumstances... He remained faithful. He decided to remain faithful. He decided to live according to the truth, no matter what. Noah, Job, and third person that is mentioned is Daniel. Daniel. In our text this morning, verse 10, Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He was the prime minister, let's say. He was the second person in power in Persia. And there were people against him. And they came up with some decree or some commandment from the king. Anyone who worshipped not the king for the next 30 days will be thrown into a den of lions. And Daniel knew that. Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He knew exactly what was happening. He was sensitive to his environment, but he also knew that he can do little about it. He could not change the environment but he could react correctly to the changing environment. And right at the end of that particular verse, we'll find four words there. As he did aforetime. Simply means as he did before. As he's been doing. Daniel knew that's his environment. But guess how he reacted to that environment as he did aforetime. I want you to notice three points this morning throughout sermon. Throughout. Number one, you see his pattern established. His pattern is established or established. As he did aforetime. When a crisis comes, brothers and sisters, it is too late to decide how you're going to react culturally. When an environment changes, if you try to decide how I'm going to react to this, it is too late for you. 
If you decide at 9 o'clock in the morning Sunday whether I should attend service this morning, it is too late for you. More than likely, you're not going to be here. If you decide when Christ strikes, usually it is too late for you. But as the Bible says, Daniel knew what was happening, but he did as he's been doing in the past, as he did aforetime. There was a pattern in his life. He had a purpose in his life. He had a pattern how to live according to truth. As a pastor of this church, I'm the shepherd of this church, I have three purpose or three objectives for our church. Number one is we want to build a life-changing multi-ethnic ministry together. Our objective is to build a life-changing multi-ethnic ministries together. The second objective is we want to be an effective world mission center. We want to be a church that is heavily engaged in world missions. We gave 30% of our last year's income to missions. 30% of all givings we have. It's perhaps not much to you, but I'm sure I can find a lot of things that we can you know, use that money for something else. But you and I gave 30% of our income, total income, towards world missions. Because we take world missions seriously. We take great mission seriously. We want to make sure we're an effective center for world missions. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other parts of the world. We want to make sure we're part of that great commission. The third objective is we want to start a Bible-based Christian school, which has not begun yet. And hopefully that that will begin that next year. With God's grace, we'll begin a kindergarten. Just the one class. Year after, we'll have kindergarten plus grade one. Year after, perhaps, we'll have kindergarten, grade one, and grade two. And there's a third objective, Bible-based Christian school at our church. I'm simply laying these out to you because we are not just coming on Sunday mornings and just worship and just the fellowship and go home and hope that something good will happen next year. No. We have clear purposes in our church and these are the objectives and staff know it and these are the objectives we are going after day after day. So everything we do in this church whether it's a chili cook-off, I don't know who's going to be judged for that. Perhaps I may end up being the judge for the chili cook-off. Huh? I do love chili, yeah. So who knows? That would be great. But everything we do in our, in our church has to point towards Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the purpose. Yeah, whether it's a chili cook-off, whether it's a turkey giving out, whether we wear a shirt, whether we go out on Saturday mornings and knock on doors, whatever we do, we do all for the glory of Jesus Christ. That's a purpose for our church. That's the reason we are here. 
We are not just here to enjoy ourselves and do something and try to grow a crowd. That's not the cause. We may end up in one family that is dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'll be happy with that, and I'll work with that family, and God will be pleased with it as well. It's not just about us. Pardon me, but it's not about me. It's nor about you. God can do without us. God can, God do not really need us. What's his name? I am that I am. I'm a self-existing God. Jehovah God. I need you. I'll use you as my, as my vessels, as channels, but God don't really need us. If this church goes liberal, God will move the candlestick to somewhere else. Yes. Who is going to suffer? You. And are we going to suffer? God is not going to suffer. Oh, no. Oh, no. God will continue to do what he created us to do. But if we fail to obey and be a part of his plan, overall plan, we are the ones who are going to lose in the end, and God will continue to do through other churches. We've got to be clear. And Daniel knew what was happening. And I want you to go with Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. What made it all possible? Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 reads. We may have a scripture on the screen. When he was taken a captive to Babylonia, he was 17 years old. He was a teenager. This is what the Bible says in verse 8. Daniel purpose in his heart. He lost his kingdom. He lost his country. He was a royal blood. Now he's a captive in Babylonia. No hope, no future. Temple is destroyed, utter destruction. No future. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. That's purpose in his heart. Brothers and sisters, unless there's a clear purpose within our heart, I can guarantee you're going to walk away from faith in a few years. Unless there's a clear purpose in our hearts to do what is right in the sight of God, you're going to walk away from faith. And I may walk away from faith. Because we are not walking in the park. The world is not that congenial to us. The world is against us. And Bible makes it very clear. Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. If you, love the, if you do not love the Father, you are the enemy of God. James says, the world comes as all dressed up, as a, as a beautiful, like a present. Everything looks great. But the world will destroy us. Your flesh will destroy you. Your worldly desires, temptations, your wishes... 
love from the world and from people. This will test your faith once, twice, three times. Before you know it, you know you will find yourself backsliding from the truth. We've seen that in history. We've seen it in Pentecostal circles. We've seen that for the last 50 years. We continue to see all the Bible preaching, fundamental churches drifting from the word of God and become more like evangelicals. They become more like liberal churches before we know it. It is happening. Bible predicts that in the end times. They'll be asked for teachers. They'll itch their ears. Yes. And history proves it. Yes. We'll walk away from Christ. You may say, oh, no, 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 I'm never going to. I'm not going to walk away from Christ. Oh, I love him. Let me ask you a very simple question. What takes you, what, it, what would it take to stop you coming, let's say, Sunday morning? What would take, uh, what would take to stop you coming to your service on Sunday morning? Not much. Not much. Somebody calls at 9.20 in the morning. You'll catch that phone and you go to miss the service. Baby cries. You've got to change the diaper. You're going to miss the service. Or oh, the car broke down. You're going to miss the service. Yeah. We are all, it seems, dying to wait something to happen that we can skip search. It happens because there's no purpose in your heart. If you do not have purpose in your heart, I'm going to be at the church 9.30 no matter what. There are only two reasons that are valid, by the way, Christians. Only two reasons. You are either dead or you are hospitalized. Those are the only two reasons. Yeah. That you are right to miss your service. Point is, if you do not have a purpose in your heart, I want to do something for the Lord. I'm going to come for something. I'm not just going to be a nominal Christian. I'm not just going to be a brother in the Lord. I want to be somebody for cause of Jesus Christ. People can count on me and pastor can count on me. I want to be somebody for Jesus Christ. Unless there's a purpose in our hearts, we are going to drift. It's history. Just because we call ourselves we are fundamental, independent, Baptist church, or hogwash. That's not going to make us what we should be. Unless there's a clear purpose in your heart. Unless there's a passion to do something for Christ. When Jesus came, Luke chapter 19 verse 10, for the Son of Man is come, to seek and to save that which was lost. That was his purpose. That's the reason he came. Despite all the temptations around him, changing circumstances, he knew his purpose. I came to seek and to save which you lost. That was his purpose. And that's how he went to the cross. Unless you and I have a purpose within our heart. I trusted Christ back in 1976. October the 24th. 
So I'll be spiritually 40 years old in about a couple of weeks. I have not been perfect. There's some things that the, um, I regret very much. There's some things that the, I know that I should have done differently. But I was a saved in a Bible-preaching independent Baptist church in Vancouver, Canada. And I stayed in their church. And I stayed in their church till I was moved to Korea. Then I stayed in an independent Baptist church in Korea till I was moved to England. I stayed in an independent Baptist church till I was moved from England to Korea, uh, Hong Kong. I stayed in an independent Baptist church in Hong Kong, from Hong Kong to Korea, Korea to Los Angeles. For the last 40 years, I stayed in one church, one group of church, because I believe that's what God wants me to be in, and I believe that is the most biblical way. There are too many people today, the attrition rate is so high, even Bible college graduates, I was told just the other day by a Korean pastor, he said 10 students graduated with him back in 1960s, sometime, long time ago. And today, out of 10 graduates, only two are serving in the church. Some walked away from faith completely, some are in different ministries, but there are only two people who still remain in independent Baptist church. Attrition rate is high. Look around you. We have a constant turnover. New families come for a while, then you don't see them anymore. New families come, they stay. Yeah. For whatever reason, I understand the environment is difficult, Yes. But unless you and I have a purpose in our lives, we'll constantly lose out to the changing environment. You've got to have your pattern established. Have a pattern established. Secondly, how come Daniel was so successful? Because he had a public stance. He had a public stance stands. Daniel knew that the writing was signed. Guess what he did? He could have stopped praying for 30 days. The decree was good for only 30 days. He could have become wise and okay, I'll stop praying for 30 days or I'll just take a trip out or field trip out because he was the second man in charge. He could have easily avoided that situation. When he prayed, he could have closed the windows so nobody may hear him. But deliberately, he knew the writing was signed. Guess what it says? He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed. But before that, you will find he, before he, he opened the windows as he did before time. Toward Jerusalem, he knelt down and he prayed three times a day. Everybody knew that. Everybody around him knew that. They could not find fault in him. So only way they could find fault in, in verse 4 it reads, they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. He was perfect in their eyes. 
He could have. You could have. I could have done differently. I could have avoided this situation differently. I could have just stepped out. I could have done this and that. But Daniel didn't do that. Daniel knew. Went to his room. Opened the windows. He knelt down. Not just once. Not just twice. Three times a day. As he did a full time. There is a pattern. The pattern did not come when the crisis came. It was already there. He simply followed his purpose and pattern. When I became a Christian, I was saved on Sunday evening. Very small, not, I should not say small church. Uh, we were meeting at the YMCA building. It was a Sunday evening service. My then, it was my girlfriend, I guess, my wife-to-be. She invited me for service on Sunday morning. And I slept in. So we, I, we missed it. So we went to Sunday evening service at 6 o'clock or something. Preaching was done. And after the service, I raised my hand, counseled, and trusted Christ. There was Sunday evening service. Two days later on Tuesday evening, the church had a visitation night. I was at the visitation night. Wednesday night, a Wednesday night service. I came to the Wednesday night service. On Saturday morning, they had a soul winning. And I came out. Saturday morning. Then I came out Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Because I was nothing to do. I was unemployed. I had tons and tons of time. No other obligations whatsoever. No. No. I was in the middle of doing my master's degree in business administration at the University of British Columbia, Vancouver, Canada. As you know, MBA program is very severe. It's time consuming. You've got to read a bunch of literatures and you've got to write reports. It demands a lot of work. I was right in the middle of the MBA program. It's not a Christian school. Christian schools tend to be easier because they know all these ministry requirements, but it's a secular university. You look it up, UBC is not an easy school. It's one of the better schools in the United States and in North America. But I was at the church because I knew, at least for me, that was the way I'm going to serve the Lord. I took a public stand. When I was employed at the, at the bank later time, later time, one of the first things I let the people know is I'm a Christian. And we're going to start a Bible study during lunchtime. My boss did not like that very much. Why would you bring your Bible into a workplace and try to have a Bible study with some employees? We still did. Yeah. They knew I'm a Christian. 
They knew I have to be at the Wednesday night service. I was in Korea. And at 6.30 or whatever time, I walked out of the office because they knew I had to go to service. I took a public stand. Look through the Bible. Find me one person, one God believer, who was a silent Christian. And that God praised him. Every individual in the word of God stood for their faith. They made a public stance. I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again Christian. I'm proud of it. Christ died for me, and my sins are washed away. Are you a Christian yourself? Everybody in the Bible took a public stand. So did Daniel. Yeah. That is the first question you should ask when you make a friend. Are you a believer? Are you, are, you, are you a born-again Christian? Do you trust Jesus Christ? If not, only reason you are with a person is to witness the person that you may win that person to Jesus Christ. Anything beyond that, mark it down. You're going to fall into sin. You're going to lose your faith. And you're going to walk through the world. Get it right. You're not the only one. We've been living on this earth for the last so many years now. Make a public stand. Then unbelievers will walk away from you. When that happens, God will give you better friends. Don't try to come with the world. Oh, he's handsome or she's beautiful. Oh, no, no I got to. You do it. One day you're going to cry. Mark it down. If you become Christ, Daniel knew he had an excellent spirit. That's the reason. If I yet please men, he said in Galatians chapter 1, I should not be the servant of Christ. When Christ came, he said, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him, endure the cross. What a shameful thing. Despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He took a public stance. He was willing to die for you and for me. I'm not asking. You go to a city center or a public square and start screaming all over the place, I'm a born-again Christian. And that'll be foolishness. But whenever an opportunity presents itself, when somebody asks you, do you go to church? Don't just say, yeah, I go to church. Don't answer like that. Yes, I'm a born-again Christian. I'm a member of Bible Baptist Church. I trusted Christ so, so, and, and I love what I do. And are you a Christian? Are you born again? Make a public stance. Why? So they may walk away from you if they're not going to hear the word of God. Yeah. But there will be some who will hear the word of God. Just yesterday we were having a parking lot. Say one of the gentlemen in the Spanish-speaking gentleman. He was good in English too. He's from the uh, El Salvador and his name is Guillermo. Guillermo, Guillermo Martinez. And we talked for a minutes and the... Uh, do you know for sure you'll be, uh, you'll be going to heaven? He said, 
oh, I, I try to be nice and good and all. Yeah, okay, you can rub your hands all you like, but the, that's not going to get you to heaven. You know that. God is so holy, no matter what you do. You're not going to be holy enough to get into heaven. And he said, yeah. I don't know how much he understood. A few minutes later, we are praying together, asking God to uh, save him, confessing his sins. He said, I'll be here 1 o'clock Spanish service, but I'll see whether he meant it or not. But within that time limit, that was all I felt I could do. I could say, okay, come back at 1 o'clock, and 99% he may not be here at 1 o'clock this afternoon. They just say it. So I did what I did. I took a public stand. Brothers and sisters, it's not a shameful thing to make a public stand for Christ. Yeah. Talk to your friends. If they're Buddhist, they will let you know they are Buddhist. You talk to Muslims, they will say, well, I'm a Muslim. You talk to a Hindu Indian, say, I'm a Hindu. You talk to a Sikh Indian, he will say, yeah, I wear my turban. Yes, I'm a Sikh Indian. Yeah. You talk to Jehovah's Witness, he will say, yeah, I am a Jehovah's Witness. You talk to a Mormon missionary, he will say, I'm a Mormon missionary. And I look at me, I'm dressed like that. White shirt, dark pants, and a tie. Yeah, I'm a Mormon. It seems there are only two groups of people who are not sure about their uh, faith unbelievers and born-again Christians. When was the last time you made a public stand for Christ? When was the last time you actually tried to witness to somebody? If that is too difficult, when was the last time you just took a track out, a bunch of tracks everywhere? You could easily take a track out and say, hey, there is a track. Perhaps you could read this. Dan took a public stand. And God was honored for that. Finally, just one more point. Personal sacrifice. Personal sacrifice. Same verse 10 again. Yes, he knew. He knew his life is in danger. He knew he's going to be accused. And he knew he's going to be thrown into the den of lions. To Daniel... Throwing into the den of lion must have been a tremendous privilege to him. I'm actually going to die for Christ. I'll be a burning torch for Christ. I heard protesters trying to burn the American flag down. I was born in Korea. I chose to be an American citizen. It's my choice. And I hate to see anyone's flag burnt down. And these protests will actually burn an American flag. You know what they say? First Amendment, the first, you know, that guarantees it. But think for a minute. They can have that freedom. They can even have that legal right to burn American flag just because there's so many people who died for their flag. Why don't they get it? 
Thousands and thousands of people died for the wars. Even for the Korean War alone, I think about 30,000 American GIs died in Korea for defending South Korea. Yeah. And how could you possibly burn a flag when so many people actually died for that flag so that they may have freedom to even burn down a flag? It is easier to sit back and be critical. It is a lot more difficult to get into a ring and you knock down, you bleed. It is so much but I believe this so much better life. Get into the ring and fight for something rather than sit around and be critical. And Daniel was willing to be personally sacrificed for that. He knew, but he knew. But then again, he had very little desire for this world. He said, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is needful for you. Desire to depart. And Jesus said, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. They were willing to sacrifice. Brothers and sisters, at times, it requires personal. I believe you are are so affluent with so many things in this country that we are somewhat spoiled. Somebody told me about Syria the other day, just yesterday. You know, there are refugees that are dying. Little children are dying. In Europe. Six million Holocaust. People are dying everywhere. But we have become so affluent, so comfortable. Yeah. As long as we are in the United States, we have blinded ourselves. As long as we are here, everything is going to be okay. And government will take care of me. I got my social security. I got my Medicare and Medi-Cal. If anything happens, government will take care of me. I'm in the United States. Just cross the border and see Mexico. Some ghettos. Children are playing in the dirt with marbles. That's what they did 50 years ago, perhaps. Christians, we must be willing to make some personal sacrifice to come for Jesus Christ. Perhaps it might be my time, my talent, my treasury, whatever it might be. Unless we are willing to sacrifice our personal things, things that we enjoy, Yes, I'm not going to make much difference. Daniel was just like one of us. Great man of faith because he had a pattern established in his life. Then he had public stand for Christ. 
And last year, he was willing to make some personal sacrifices for Jesus and for eternity. Brothers and sisters, I hope this morning there's an area, perhaps, God has touched you. Holy Spirit perhaps pricked you in some way. If that's the case, get right with God. Find a spot where you can pray quietly and do some business with Christ. Perhaps it might be a matter of your pattern. Do you have a purpose in life? Is there a daily pattern that you follow? Or are you willing to take a public stand for Christ? Or are you making some personal sacrifices? If not, perhaps the time has come for you to make that commitment even this morning.